Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. We're back with what should be one of two one-on-ones this week. Um, if you didn't catch my update on Twitter slash X, I said I know signing day is just coming Wednesday. Um, due to work, I won't have the uh, the, uh, the the uh, the 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 sign day special. There we go, sign day special until uh, the following Monday, so the twelfth. Uh, um, I should have it done probably sometime that Saturday or Sunday. But I know Sunday is the Super Bowl. I think right, maybe I think so. Um, I I have no stock in it, so um, but I do know that that'll dominate most of the day. So. We'll just put it out Monday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, I think that's just that's just best there, so it's not caught in the uh, hoopla of of that. Before we get into it, though, we do have some news from uh, from UCF football standpoint. Uh, also, former member, because remember again, I did say as long as the Chozo is a thing, we will still be keeping tabs on uh, Lincoln. The Lincoln Blue Tigers did indeed find a successor to head coach Jermaine Gales, who went uh, 0-22 in his two years leading the the Blue Tigers. They have tabbed uh, former Nebraska Kearney wide receivers coach Moses Harper. So, um, wishing Coach Harper there the best of luck. I just, as we know, we know that that's just a tough job down there. They're in the Great Lakes, so uh, we'll, you know, I don't, know much about the Great Lakes. I know they came from the Great Lakes. I don't, I don't know about the, the level of competition week in and week. Yeah, I just, hopefully the men can turn it around there. I just, it just, you just, you just, you just pulling for them. I, 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 it's tough. I know, they, I know they lost several guys in the portal. So we'll see what he does. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm wishing him the, uh, the best of luck there. On to UCO news. We've got a big honor. Um, we know a dear, dear friend, friend of the podcast, uh, former UCO, which is weird to say now, former UCO center Lane Grantham was named a Don, Don Hansen uh, All-American. So he joins, in my time covering, would be O'Shea Harris and Nikki, and yeah, Nikki, Nikki Covado as uh, the All-American so far. Uh, shout out to Lane again. I'm very glad that he had a healthy senior season. Uh, you know, he's supremely talented. It, it just was a matter of staying on the field. He was able to play. And start in all 11 games this year. I, I was glad for the man. I'm glad that he ended his career the right way uh, with the All-American honor. I think his name now goes up on the wall with a lot of UCO greats. So uh, I, I cannot be more happier for him. Uh, there also have been several staff changes as well as of late. Um, if you've seen on Twitter slash X, uh, defensive bass coach Adam McGuire is now at Marist. Um, Coach Brandon Lichtenberg was named the head coach at Millsaps. If you recall, we talked to Coach Lichtenberg in the 2022 offseason. Uh, he spent time there at Millsaps. That's a, a D3 school. D3 school, I think. D3 NAI school in Mississippi. Uh, so they hired him as the head coach. I'm wishing Coach the best of luck there. Um so obviously that's you know so you're losing two uh two there also lost um coach Rashad Sanders on the defensive line uh he has moved on to the high school ranks he is somewhere in Texas I believe 
Um, so I'm wishing Coach Sanders the best of luck. You know, I I I die with my man. Um, I always enjoyed talking to him. You know, I again I know the D line was not up to the standard we've seen the past few years. I thought they improved though down the stretch. Um, I I think he definitely left the group better than he found it. So I I think that we can take some solace in there. Um, so those those three are gone. I did notice that we do have a new running backs coach. Um, I'm not sure if Coach uh, Coach Scullinar is still there. And let me find uh, Coach Cannon Brooks is the running backs coach. He actually played a year at is it Emporia Emporia or Fort Hayes? Started his career at South at South in South Dakota. Uh, he's new running backs coach again. If we recall, the last running back that was UCLA's running backs coach was uh, Coach James Gilbert, and we see where he is now. So, um, and then uh, we also have brought back Coach uh, Jesse Harrell and linebackers. Uh, you recall Coach Harrell was there in 2022. I think he was at Missouri SNT last year. He is back. I'm glad to have Coach Harrell back. Um, try to get get him get him on. We had that plan in uh, 2022 and never was able to make that happen. So we will be trying to get that done this time around. Uh, but the biggest hire, however, is the new defensive coordinator, uh, Cody Swanson. Now, I think if you're you, you just follow the bigger programs in the state where he came from, should ring a bell. Uh, he came from Gannon, that is the same Division two school that. OSU defensive coordinator, what, what's his what is his name? Brian Nardo came from. Uh, we we saw we saw OSU's defense this past year. You know, I mean, uh, sure, you know, the Texas game probably wasn't the best of uh, Allen for me, but, but but you know, regardless though, regardless, um, right. So there is, I think it's a good move. I mean, he's extremely young. Uh, I know he was hired as D line coach, and then once uh, coach. Lechtenberg left. They, they, he moved to defensive coordinator. Uh, he, whoever was the 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 D line coach and co DC there last year at Gannon, uh, he's gonna stick with the three three four. I it, it uh it, I know there's probably some mixed feelings on that. We, I, we, I had conversations early in the season um, regarding that. Get my thoughts on it. I did. Uh, I believe it was, I think it was Mr. Ridgeway. Shout out to the Ridgeways again for the support. Then he was the one that said, you know, if we don't have the horses, you got to switch it up. Uh, we saw that at the Lincoln game. They went to the 4-3. We had better success. Uh, I would, I'm hoping we, we don't have to make that change. Uh, but again, I maybe the, I don't know. I don't know. I plan to bring him on. So uh, I'm going to pick his brand about that for sure. Um, but he is, he did play two seasons at uh, Emporia State. So uh, he, he he does know the conference and then was a grad assistant there in 2020 and 2021. So uh, he does have ties to the region. He has ties to the conference. So, uh, again, I, I, hey, you know, if 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 we keeping if we if we keep most of what worked down the stretch last year the same, I think we'd be in good in good shape. Uh, again, I'm I'm looking forward to bringing him on. He did reach out. I do appreciate that, coach. It does mean mean a lot. Uh, if we're looking at the defense numbers last year for Gannon, though, he had the third best defense 
in the uh, PSAC, allowing 301.9 yards a game. Uh, and then, you know, the team made the DD to playoffs last season. So he has success. He has a proven track record at D2 level. Um, that's very good. I mean, if we're looking at that, that's close to the 2022 numbers. And, and, and we know that that defense carried the team. So, uh, cool. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not mad at this. Uh, where it's just, you just, I kind of, you kind of hate to see all the staff changes happening so close to signing day, but that hasn't slowed us down. Uh, we, we picked up quite a bit of commits there. We got one big one there last week. Um, that had, that was the FBS commit. So, a shout out there to Coach Coach Donald there. Um, and the uh, what is he's the grad assistant D-line coach. God dang, he follows me on Twitter. I, I apologize, Coach. I can't think of your name at the moment. They've been putting in work, so I really appreciate that there. Um, so again, looking forward to breaking that that down in more detail signing day. Uh that will be coming again next Monday. So with that out of the way now, I'm gonna go ahead and bring on my guest now. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback Dawson Hurl. Dawson, thank you for time. Thank you for taking the time this afternoon to come on and talk to me. Uh, could you start by telling the viewers, listeners out there, a little bit about yourself? Um, uh, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I was my prior school was Missouri Southern. I played there from 2019 to 2022, I believe, and then came and decided to join the UCO football team and uh, transfer out of Missouri Southern. And it's been a blessing ever since. Uh, now, uh, what I think what kind of surprised me, now I was not aware you were also a four-year leather winner in basketball. Now, uh, I know you've got some hoop heads on your team. We, we talked to Terrell not too long ago. Uh, so if you were to describe your game as a basketball player, how would you describe it? I was definitely, uh, you know, your typical big white shooter. I could, I could, I could shoot the ball for sure. Uh, you can look up my highlights on good old huddle and it's a lot of me, uh, shooting the three. <laughs> so. <laughs> now, now do you ever, you ever play your teammates in one-on-one? Um, not too much on one-on-one, but we did, uh, before break, we, uh, got into the gym a couple of times and played some five on five and just got some good runs just to keep the body moving since, uh, we didn't have football and we were kind of bored. Okay. Okay. Um, and you also lettered one year in baseball. Now what, what, for, I guess what brought you to baseball for that one year? Um, so I played my freshman year and I was on JV. Uh, and then I really thought I was going to end up playing college basketball. So I dropped playing baseball and was just AAU all the time in the summer. And then after I ended up committing to go to play football at Missouri Southern, my, uh, senior year, I talked to my dad and he was like, might as well play baseball. So went out and played baseball and kind of had a good little season, so. Okay, okay. Now, now you, so how did, because, you know, I know football takes quite a bit of time, so then playing football, basketball, then AAU basketball, like, how are you able to kind of manage all that plus school? Oh, it was terrible for a while. Um, when I was having football in the morning from 6 to 10 and then going from football to basketball from 10 to 
noon and then at night I'd have baseball practice. So it was, it was terrible. Uh, so it was definitely a, a learning experience that I had to kind of step away and see what my body could take. Now <laughs> <laughs> the shake is like, I, like, what are you sleeping? <laughs> oh, it was, it was not, not fun. I, my body was so beat up, torn up. I was tired. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, that's great. Now, okay, so now for, for for those of us that might not be too familiar with the Missouri high school football scene, what what is that what is that like? Um, I would say uh it's kind of similar here to Oklahoma. Um, but we definitely don't have like the the Bigs Bees and the Carl Albert that just win almost every year. It's kind of a toss up most years. So uh, other than that, it's pretty similar, I would say. Um, and your last two years at uh, Wing Christman there, uh, you, you, you threw for 2,290 yards, 26 touchdowns. What was working for you those, those last two years to help you put up those kind of numbers? Um, really kind of just the players around me. I had really uh, good support help those last couple of years. And I actually hit a big old growth spurt before uh, my really going into my sophomore year. Before that, I was like five, nine. And then I ended up growing to like six, four, just like that over a summer. And it was hard on the body. So kind of gave myself a year to learn how to adjust to my body. And then my junior and senior year kind of came into my body finally and wasn't so much of a little deer on ice out there. So I mean, that's a, that's a pretty mighty big growth spur. So like what, what was, I guess the, like the, the, the hardest part of that? Oh, my knees. Oh, it was terrible. Having to deal with the knee pain. I know a lot of other athletes can definitely kind of tell you uh, when you hit a growth spurt, the, the tendonitis and all that in your knees, oh, it's just hurts all the time. So that's just something you got to kind of deal with. Yeah, because I because you're still playing, playing basketball during that time, just the wear and tear in general from you. That, and <laughs> I, okay, I give you props. What are you doing that? <laughs> all that stuff. Now, so now when you, when you kind of, look back on your high school career because you 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 did help lead your high school to the to the most wins in a four-year span uh, you were conference champs in 2016 what what kind of stands out to you the most when you look back at your high school career um kind of going into my uh high school we weren't very good at any sport uh we were just kind of the team that everybody kind of beat up on and i'd say my class and the class before me of 2018 uh kind of set the standard and just came into Christman and had something to prove. And we had a great, good group of guys that uh, ended up kind of changing the culture around there and making it so we weren't so looked down upon in the Kansas City area um, and could really compete with any team in the area for any sport. And what does that what does that mean to you looking back, knowing that you, you helped raise the standard and then also set the new standard in the process? 
Uh, I mean, it means a lot, especially just because like we get to look back, me and my uh, teammates that I grew up with and kind of got to show everybody else and really set our mark in history and do things that haven't been done at uh, my high school ever before. So it's always good when you can say you were the first to do something. Now you you signed with Missouri Southern out of out of high school. So first, what what was the recruiting process like for you? Um, I would say I really didn't get uh, too much love um, outside of really the MIAA. I was recruited by Southern. I was recruited by Fort Hayes, um, a little bit by Emporia and Washburn, but ended up really coming down to only Southern and. Fort Hayes really offered me a scholarship to try to play there. So it was kind of a slow recruitment, um, but I really was going through the whole thing, not even knowing if I was going to play football or if I was going to end up playing college basketball. So, so then how, how did you kind of, did it naturally just gravitate like, okay, football's the best option or did you have a legit option at both and then chose football? I think I would have had legit options at both. Um, probably would have been a Division II basketball player as well. Um, but I talked to my dad in the decision-making process, and I kind of just sat back and thought to myself, which one did I see myself having a higher ceiling in and uh, being able to have a, a more sustainable career and kind of do something special. And I ended up picking football because I was such a raw football player. Didn't really know too much uh, in high school with my knowledge. And it really showed when I first got to Southern and I didn't have a clue what was going on for the most part. So when it came down to, to Fort Hayes and, and Missouri Southern, what was it about Missouri Southern that made you decide that that's where you wanted to go? Um, well, the four years in high school, we always went down to Joplin and played in the Kaminsky Classic um, for a tournament right after January. Um, it was like January 4th through the 9th, usually something around there. So I was familiar with the area. And then uh, Jeff Sims was a new head coach there coming in. And uh, he, he had the ideas that I really liked and I knew kind of who he was and the winning that he brought to Garden City and uh, Dodge. So it was, that was a big factor in kind of why I ended up going to Missouri Southern. And then you ended up redshirting your, your first year. So now what's that experience like? Because here you go from, you know, having great success your junior and senior year to now only relegated to being able to practice. What was that experience like? Um, I definitely knew I was not ready to, to play in this league. Uh, I was shoot 180 pounds coming in, uh, wasn't very strong, wasn't very fast. Didn't really know too much about football. And I had some, some great guys ahead of me, uh, in Jacob park that kind of taught me a lot about the game, Dwayne Lawson, and then Sean Kelly. I had three kind of older quarterbacks in the room that uh, all played high-level football before that, Become before uh, Sims brought them to Southern. 
and uh, taught me a lot about being a quarterback and how to play the game. Yeah, because both Jacob and uh, and Dwayne were both uh, highly regarded prospects, both power five guys before they came down. I, I was very impressed by that by that by that that room because very rarely do you get um, two high level guys like that in the in the same room. Uh, so when you kind of look back on your register season, what, what kind of was the hardest part? Of <sighs> Dealing um, with everything that kind of came with uh, Coach Sims. There were, I mean, there was a lot of uh, work. We'd be there for hours on end and it kind of opened my eyes to what college football truly is to being at the facility from seven, then going to class and then coming back for meetings and then you have practice and you have weights and all that. So uh, really just the adjustment period from coming from high school and, you know, you're spending three hours to four max a day to now you're spending six, seven, eight just on football. Uh, and so we, 2019 happens, you red shirt, you're ending 2020, like, all right, I can play in games. And then COVID happens. So now it, so now you're relegated to, to, to no fault of your own anybody. You're, you're now like you, you're, you pretty much lost the season there. So now it's been almost two years since you played in a meaningful foot football game, did that start to weigh on you mentally? Um, like, okay, is this worth it? Here I am doing all this work, but not able to really show, you know, what I can do. Uh, it definitely was a, a really long, long journey just because, I mean, we, we didn't get a play and we were just putting in so many hours. And then when we were getting into fall, and we were maybe thinking about having a season and then COVID ended up happening and boom, everything just taken away just like that. And uh, just really sucked because you looked forward to, I was ended up going to be the starter that year and uh, just snatched away from me so quick. And I had nothing I could say except for just another year of pretty much red shirting. So and 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 then on top of that, at some point there's a coaching change where Coach Bradley comes in. So now you're dealing with all three of that. What I guess what what was the coaching change like? Um, what what was that? Were you were you just set on like all right, whoever the coach is, I'm gonna just ride it out and and stay here, or like were there thoughts of of you know maybe looking elsewhere? Um, when they when 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 the coaching change happened. Um, I was definitely a big Jeff Sims guy um, and the coaches that he brought in. So when he ended up kind of getting the boot out of there, uh, I definitely thought about maybe trying my luck Juco or something since I was technically still a freshman, but uh, just decided to talk to my dad. And he said that he thought the best thing for me was to kind of ride it out and do my schooling, get my degree and see who they bring in and uh, ended up bringing a Atiba Bradley and he's hands down great guy. I mean, I loved playing for him. Uh, totally different style than Jeff Sims, though, because uh, Sims, I mean, Juco guy. So, you know how he kind of gets down and uh, <laughs> Coach Bradley. I mean, he's uh, a lot easier to deal with for sure than uh, old old Coach Sims. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, because I know I know Coach Bradley is well well respected within the conference. Um, just talking to the other coaches there. Um, so you you ended up you ended up starting finally. <laughs> finally ended up starting in twenty twenty one. What was that first start like? Because here it is, first time playing since high school, first time starting since high school. What were the emotions? What was the mindset? What was that first game like? Uh, I was so nervous. Uh, I remember it. We were going and played um, UNK first game, and we ended up having a two and a half hour rain delay, I think, for my first game. So we didn't we didn't get to start the game until like 10 o'clock at night. And we ended up finishing at like midnight, a little past midnight. And all it was it sucked. It was it was it was a very, very fun waiting two hours anxious could be knowing that I'm about to get my first start um, and play one of the better teams with TJ Davis kind of leaving, leading the, I think that was the year that he was up there for the Harlem Hills. So he uh, was definitely one of the stronger quarterbacks in the league to kind of start my uh, career in the MIAA against. Uh well I tell you, man. That's like they 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 don't want the football guys did not want the rushing. <laughs> That's the stuff. That goes through a registered year, a lost season, they have to do a rain delay. Oh, that shit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, now you got your first win, and I, I preface this by saying I know this is painful for the UCO fans. That uh, your, your first win as a starter. <laughs> Going for the first wave, you threw the game game week touchdown pass. I'm gonna insert the clip on the video. Just walk me through because I'm not gonna lie to you. It was a I was there. It was a very I I don't want to say boring game. It was it was a boring. It was a boring game. (laughs) 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 We couldn't get anything. Either team couldn't get anything happening on offense. And, uh, shoot, our only touchdown before that was a pick six uh, one of our guys got. And uh, and then, I shoot, we were down with 50 seconds left or something like that. We hadn't, we hadn't moved the ball a lick, really, most of the game. And uh, we ended up, kept seeing the same look. They had pressing our uh, wide receivers and we had Brian Boyd um, at the time and he was a extremely good receiver great off the press and uh, they ended up spinning the safeties and spun it away from Brian Boyd so we ended up just getting an easy little hole shot to kind of win the game in that uh, fashion and uh, get my first career win at the place that I ended up uh, coming and wanting to be the starter for my last the two seasons. Yeah, now, I, I'm not going because I remember I didn't see all, all I remember seeing in the in the moment was like I hear cheering on the opposite side and I'm like, wait a minute. And I see a white jersey just shrinking down the field. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, <laughs> that was probably the most quiet I have heard Wadland and uh, well, yeah, and well, Richardson Stadium, and, and, and in my time covering up to that point, uh, that, that, that was, I, it was it was like, well, uh, <laughs> that, that that happened. So 
Uh, yeah, because there's still a few of your teammates now that was on that team. Do do you do you still kind of mention that in time, or, or we got, or we letting bygones be bygones? Like you know, I, that was a different time now. Or do you still kind of give them some flack for that? Um, when I first got here, they loved to bring it up and uh, talk all the all always about it. And then even the second matchup when they uh, when you guys came to good old Southern and uh, we we won, I think forty to twenty one there. Um, and it was always a good little time to kind of see who I kind of put the whooping on, um, and put faces to names and ended up being my teammates, uh, and just good stories to kind of, you know, Hey, I always got one more up on you because I beat you in a game. So. Yeah. <laughs> You brought it up. Now you brought up the one in Joplin. Now we jumped up the head here, but like, I, what happened at a because it was close. It was close early in that fourth. I remember Dante McGee got a touchdown. I was like, all right, this is this is gonna be a close game down to finish. And then you look up, and then like a matter of minutes, it felt like you all were up by twenty. <laughs> what in the world happened? Because I still can't figure out what happened. So maybe the quarterback on the winning side of that can tell me what happened for the rest of that fourth quarter that led what was a like one possession game to a 20-point win. Yeah, I mean, for a little bit there, uh, we couldn't – I think it was the end of the third, really. We didn't get much going, and uh, you guys ended up scoring on like two touchdowns to, to cut the lead down and uh, going into the fourth kind of we've seen too many games at Southern kind of slip away in that fashion and uh, ended up getting another, I think I rushed for one in the fourth and then threw for one. That was like the 50 yard touchdown to kind of wrap up the game and send it to the, the three score limit. So uh, it's just, it's always a little fun to just kind of see and think about that game. And uh because I never would have thought that would have, I'd be here at Central Oklahoma, especially after playing y'all for the last two years. And then, so it's it's been a journey for sure. Well, okay. Well, yeah, because after the last me, I could not figure out what and what happened there down the street. Down the street. I, like, I don't know. What, are you blink? And it went from a one-score game, and we down by 20, and I was just like, what in the world just happened? Okay. Now, nah, Appreciate you just give me details because I, I that, that was yeah okay uh, <laughs> well so you you ended up finishing your your freshman season starting starting eleven games playing for two thousand two hundred sixty yards sixteen touchdowns um you had two three hundred yard games uh, you went for two eighty three and three against a ranked uh, Wasburn team what what kind of stands out to you the most about your first year as a starting quarterback at the college level. Um, I just kind of, you know, got more comfortable as the year progressed and uh, really just had a attitude as, I mean, we had nothing to lose just because, I mean, Southern before that point was really just looked at like Lincoln, uh, no shots to Lincoln, but I mean, we're just not a very good football team. Everybody would come in, oh, it's going to be an easy game. We're going to blow them out by 
four or five touchdowns. We're going to just run up the stats. And uh, we kind of changed that. And really my freshman year got to show the whole league that we could really compete with everybody. I know we didn't get it done in the win column, but, I mean, we played so many games close. We even shoot played Pitt at our home close. We ended up losing, uh, like, by four points, I think, my freshman year against Pitt. And, um, I mean, just really played everybody close except for, I mean, Northwest, which that was the year that they just were up insane up front. They had uh, the kid that ended up getting drafted by the Patriots. And he was a game changer for sure. I think he and they ended up sacking me like seven times that day. Yeah, well, I don't feel bad because I think we were sacked probably about five, six times ourselves in that game. <laughs> 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 I, think, I think everybody was getting sacked about that amount of time against that team. Uh, you know, but you give me a good point because I remember in 2018. Um, UCL beat Missouri Southern 31 to nothing. And that was felt as a disappointment. Like, I remember they were only up, I think, in zero at the half. And, and talking to guys that, that were played there, I, I heard that was not a happy locker room. So, yeah, like you mentioned before, being able to kind of, even though maybe the win was necessarily there, being, being more competitive, I think, opened some eyes. And then you all still built off that um, the following year. Because you went from three wins, I think, to four wins, mm-hmm. um, which which culminated in seven wins during your time there. Which you only, the team had four wins in the in the previous four years combined. So when you kind of look back on that, what what kind of what does that mean to you to to know that you kind of helped a, a, a really bad program at the time become respected within a very tough conference? Uh, I mean, it it was definitely uh, something that I take pride in. I mean, I still claim Joplin is my home uh, just because I spent so much time there. I spent so much hours put in on that field and I sweat so much with uh, my teammates on that team. Um, but uh, it was kind of disappointing in all just because I couldn't get them to really make that next step and make the jump to be a like a middle of the pack to a top team in the pack uh, in the MIAA. Uh, and so you you kind of you 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 kind of finish um, your career there with with a, with a good amount of accolades. I mean you 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 set the freshman single season and career record for pass attempt without a pick at one thirty eight. Uh, your ninth in single season passing yards third in single-season freshman passing yards, third single-season freshman completions. Uh, you were a two-time MIAA a- academic honor roll. Uh, when, when you kind of look back on your time at Missouri Southern, what what sticks out to you the most? Um, I would say just uh, my first couple of years kind of set the foundation, and I uh, really understood what hard work at at the college level will kind of get you and uh, really just the, the time you put in uh, will really show in the end, just because, I mean, if you're not putting in the time, we wouldn't have changed the program like we did there. And even though, 
uh, we didn't get it all the way how we wanted to at the time. But and, and so then after the twenty two season, you 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 entered the portal as a grad transfer. So first, what was your experience in the portal like? Um, because I remember, I think you went on a visit to I want to say it was like Arkansas State. And I'm thinking like, okay, well, I'm not surprised by this. I'm thinking like, dang, that probably means we don't have a shot at this man. Uh, And then I see he commits and I'm about to throw a party over here. So like, what was your experience in the portal like? And then how did you decide that UCO is where you wanted to finish your your career? Um, It uh, was a lot different my second time around just because I really didn't get any type of interest. My, uh, coming out of high school. And um, so the second time around, I got a lot more uh, teams contacting me. I mean, I had some D1s hit me up, uh, but uh, like Arkansas State, as you mentioned, but it kind of just didn't work out. Um, I ended up finishing my sophomore year uh, at Southern, ended up breaking my foot um, against Emporia. So it, uh, I think that probably scared some teams away having a, a quarterback that you want to come in right away and maybe compete for a spot that's got a broken foot showing up to campus and uh, not being able to do much until the third, fourth week of workouts. So, I mean, but uh, kind of the reason why I ended up choosing UCO was uh, uh, Coach Doral. Uh, him being at Northwest and me being a Kansas City kid, uh, you obviously you know his name around there because uh, if you didn't end up going to a, a Division One school, everybody wanted to go play at Northwest from the Kansas City area just because of the the impact that Coach Dorla kind of set on that program and everything that he kind of built there from uh, in Maryville. So. Finding out that he came to Central Oklahoma and uh, the type of guy that uh, he was. And I had my high school coaches preach for him saying that he's a hell of a coach and a great guy. And, I mean, they recommend that I go play for him and ended up deciding that that's probably the best option for me. And the facilities here were great. and everything the location so all just kind of little factors that came into me picking central oklahoma as my uh, next home now, now I, i'm not gonna I, I was somewhat surprised because i figured okay he has two years left right we had we had we had staff coming off a tremendous 22 season so i'm staff was obviously going in as the presumed starter so one, when I saw you committed, I was happy because and I think I said this. I'm like, this might be the most uh, underrated signing of the class just because, you know, your experience being being injured the year prior, you know, injuries can happen. And so having a guy, having two guys that, you know, can win in the conference and play at a high level uh, is a luxury that a lot of teams don't have. So even knowing that Steph coming off the season that he had, that that was never like a deterrent like okay if i don't beat him out then this means i would only have maybe one year as a possibly starter um where maybe 
for other. Uh, can you repeat that? You kind of broke up there at the end. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, so because Steph was there, he had a great twenty-two season. I, I, with someone with kind of limited eligibility left, I think it would have been easy to say, okay, let me go somewhere where I know I can be the front runner and start both years. I'm instead of maybe taking the chance of coming here and then maybe only being one year as the question starter. Like, did, did that ever factor, did that factor into it at all? Or was it just more of like, you chose where I want to be regardless of if I end up being a multi-year starter or just being able to maybe start one year? Um, I mean, I always kind of bet on myself, and I don't think that many quarterbacks in this league um, offer what I had to offer. So I really kind of just took a bet on myself to try to go and win a spot at a school that, I mean, he was there for the last three years. I mean, it was kind of his team, and to just try to go in and put my best foot forward and try to win a spot that uh, I knew that was going to be a tough quarterback battle to kind of just win over the team as one. Cause I mean, Steph's a great guy and I, I really do uh, appreciate everything he did for me when I came here. Cause uh, I couldn't have asked for much of, I mean, he could have just been a terrible teammate to me just because, I mean, I was the transfer quarterback that beat him the last two years. And, uh, to, trying to come now take his spot and take over his team. But uh, nah, he uh, just welcomed me with open arms and always was just high class to me. And I, I think that just kind of stands on his character and uh, what type of person Steph was. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that you're, you're, you're the, you're echoing what, what, what I, I, everybody I've talked to has said about Steph. Um, I, so you get there, Steph ends up starting. And then he does end up getting banged up. Now, I think the first time, maybe, now I'm sure the majority of UCL fans knew who you were from obviously beating us two years, but maybe once that did it, I think the Emporia game really opened some eyes for you. I think you went for like 363 and a few touchdowns in that game, almost led that, led that comeback. Um, I guess first, what was working for you in that game? Um. Uh, I would say they, I mean, obviously they kind of planned probably more for Steph as uh, what and what he brought to the table. And I'd say me and Steph are kind of more opposite quarterbacks. So uh, really just going out there and throwing the ball around and playing like I had nothing to lose that game. And it was uh, a good little game to go back, especially because at Southern, that was my last game that I got to play before uh, my season was kind of cut short. So it was it was a nice little uh, game just to come back and really get to prove myself that I can still be a, a guy in the MIAA. Um, and and then I guess from I think from from there, your next biggest game, uh, it was the Lincoln game. Now I, I know we touched on this before. Obviously, we we know the program Lincoln was, but I go back to the fact, though, um, you were really efficient in that game, uh, really crisp in that game. I think you set career highs for touchdowns, and and if I did this, something else here. Yeah, well, you know, you set a season high of five touchdowns. Um, you almost had a seventy percent completion percentage. I, I guess what 
what was working for you for you there? Uh, really just kind of slow everything down and not try to complicate it too much because uh, I definitely at times last year would uh, try to be that guy and try to make too big of a play and force stuff. Uh, and that definitely is part of the reasons why last year was my highest year turning the ball over. Um, so that game just really tried to go out there and just take what they were giving me and really just play kind of like a, like a Brock Purdy, you know, just not do too much, just make the throws that needed to be made. And, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that was something I think I kept pointing out was, was when, when we, when you were, when you were playing, I felt when you were playing within, within the offense, kind of taking what was given, we were having tremendous success. That's why I kept going back to the Lincoln game. It, it, like, it seemed like you, you were playing within the offense. We, we saw that, you know, the, the numbers. And then like you mentioned before, at times you were trying to make the play. Um, but now kind of having a year within the system now, um, a year of chemistry with your receivers, you know, them now knowing how you might like certain routes ran, um, them kind of knowing how you throw certain certain routes. Uh, you, do you feel more confident now heading into this upcoming season, though, that you will be able to cut down on the turnovers? I, I do. Um, I That's one big thing that I, I'm really going to try to work on this year just because uh, that that – I'd say that was my biggest downfall to this last year is uh, I just wasn't very smart with the football. And I, I think that's probably just because uh, I wasn't always a hundred percent sure in that offense. And uh, just because it was my first year running the offense and uh, I just didn't know it like the back of my hand, like I should. And uh, being able to play and kind of, get to know the guys and see what everybody brings to the table and feeling more comfortable kind of throughout the year. Um, I definitely have big hopes for this year and for myself. Uh, and then th- there were, there were two other games I wanted to, that wanted, wanted to touch on first. Um, the obvious one, Missouri Southern, the one that came down to the, to the, you know, the game wing field goal. What I mean, it had to have been weird being on the opposing sideline from guys that you had played with the past few years. So what I mean, what kind of was that experience like that whole week? Because it's like I'm sure it had to be kind of like a a weird I'm supposed to be over there, not over here type of thing. Yeah, no, that week was definitely uh, very, very different just because, I mean, I pretty much knew 90 percent of the roster and uh played with them for multiple games and uh, called so many of those guys, my brothers and shared a locker room with them. So it was uh, a lot of fun, but definitely very different to playing against them and being in the other team's colors instead of uh, the good old green and, and gold. Well, see, I feel like it's, it's only going to get weirder for you because, you know, you go there this year. I know. <laughs> so like, how how kind of were you visiting that going? <laughs> um, I think it, it it'll be a fun game for sure. Uh, definitely um, get to see the the good old Joplin love again, and uh, the play there again will definitely uh, bring back some good old memories. But uh, have to get it done. Uh, I'd love to go out and be able to say that 
I beat them the last two years and never uh, really had any doubts about coming to UCO and not being able to beat them or so. Uh, and, and then I guess the fun game I want to touch on from, from this past year, the Northeastern State, it was your first battle for the President's Cup. I'm sure your teammates probably, you know, iterated how important that that game is to win. Um, you were going for nine straight. You were able to get nine straight. Uh, it got kind of, di- it, it was starting off really good. Got kind of dicey there for you all. I and mean, you all put it, put it away late. Uh, what was, how would you say your, 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 what was your thoughts on your first President's Cup experience? Um, definitely, uh, as you said, we kind of started off the game pretty well and we looked sharp and then kind of got lax towards the middle of it. And it, they definitely turned it into a game, uh, because I mean, as you kind of know, the MIAA, anybody can beat anybody. Um, so if you let a team hang around, it gives them hope. And they definitely thought that they could play with us. And, uh, but we ended up kind of figuring it out towards the end and, kind of pushed the lead uh, that in the fourth quarter. So uh, it was definitely a, a fun experience playing in the Presidential Cup just because uh, we didn't really have anything like that at Southern. Um, we just, I mean, hated Pitt. So that was, that was always just the game. And, I mean, that doesn't change anywhere you go. We still hate Pete, Pitt here, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, I said that because literally, uh, 20, 20, uh, was it 2019, 2021, and last year, yeah, it, it's frustrating against Pitt because it's just, it's, like, it's tough because the margin of error against them is so slim. But, like, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I feel, yeah, we, 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 we feel like we got, we got hosed back in, um, 2021. Uh, what we had, we, we had momentum offensively. We got to stop defensively. We forced a punt. They called an illegal shift call on us. They were able to run the run the clock out. We still kind of have gripes about that because, but um, but uh, and now you're in an interesting spot because, to my knowledge, you all are still playing Northeastern State this year. As you know, they're uh, they're independent for the next two years. Um, I'm not sure where we're standing on that. I'm hoping the game continues, but regardless. Not only could this maybe be the last one for a little bit, but this is also, if you all win, would be a decade straight of keeping the cup in Edmond. Um, how big will that be for you knowing if you get that win, your name was kind of submitted in UCO legacy as being the guy that led UCO to their 10th straight President's Cup win? Uh, I mean, it'd be... It- be awesome. I mean, we're hoping to really change and kind of be a push forward and be a different type of team than we were last year and uh, really try to run the table this year as uh, kind of our mo- motto is. Um, so being uh, and getting 10 straight, I think uh, is a must for us. And uh, I'm very confident in our team and kind of what we're going to be bringing this next year to get that done. Uh, and, and speaking of that model now, because now you're going to be looked upon as one of the leaders, right? Because Steph has graduated. Um, your center, Lane Grantham, has graduated. Uh, Peyton Scott, who was well-respected in the locker room, he's, he's, he's graduated now. 
Um, so now knowing you kind of have to become one of the leaders in that in a locker room, um, what what kind of is your is your 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 mindset heading into the offseason since the goal is to run the table? What 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 kind of do you feel like you have to do from a leadership standpoint to help the team accomplish that? Uh, really just try to elevate everybody's game and uh, really kind of set the standard every day of what type of work that we need to put in to be able to be known as one of the top teams in the MIAA and hopefully go make a, a chance to go get in the playoffs and do something special that hasn't been done here in quite a while. So um, it's, it's definitely um, – a different feel right now to everything uh, in the locker room. You kind of get to see what guys are starting to understand that they need to, to lead. And I definitely uh, understand that I'm one of those guys that uh, needs to kind of pull guys with me and just elevate everybody's game around me. And, and is there, is there also kind of a, a sense of urgency because looking at the roster, right? Obviously, this is your last year. You know, you, you, you go down, your receiver, Jacob Delso, this is it for him. Um, you've got a, a lot defensively, you know, guys in the secondary, this is it for them. Um, is, 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 has you felt, you felt like a sense of urgency, like we've got to make this work now because it is literally now or, now or never? Yeah, uh, I definitely uh, feel that way, especially since it's my last year. Uh, I definitely want to do something I, I've never got to do in my um, collegiate career is go to the playoffs and really um, have a winning record in on a, on a team because the last three years that I've played, the two at Southern were under 500, and then last year we finished five and six. Um, so it's, it's definitely a kind of a mindset for the whole team right now that it's now or never just because uh, we have a lot of guys that are a little older, junior, seniors, so we're not looked at as more of a, a young team anymore. It's uh, We're more veterans on the team, so there's a lot of guys that have been around the game, around the league, um, and bring a lot of special abilities and stuff to the team that uh, is very well needed this this upcoming year. I guess my final UCO question for you is what is it like playing for coach? I think his name is bearing stool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a good guy. I, I, uh, I like him a lot. He's uh, definitely a coach that um, has very, very much pushed me uh, to become a, a better leader on this team and kind of, he's always believed in me since I've, uh, been here, even though there would be times that I really didn't believe all the way in myself. And uh, he's uh, he's one of those those coaches that always has your back and um, really just wants the best for you. And uh, he'll he'll let you know if you're not meeting his standard. So uh, he's he's a great guy, and I, I I've enjoyed playing for him this last year, and uh, hopefully you know get a have a great next year and create a, a great memory with him and uh, start something special here at UCO. 
Um, well, before we get you out of here, we do this with, with, with all the new guests, kind of some more get to know you type questions. Um, I, I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to know the answer to this, but your, your, your favorite sports team can be any sport. Um, obviously it's, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, you know, uh, <laughs> Kansas City, Kansas City kid, uh, gonna go, gonna be back in, uh, Kansas City actually for the Super Bowl to kind of enjoy the, environment up there and uh hopefully see patrick mahomes get it done one more time you know and uh be able to be in that conversation of tom brady and be on his type of path so well okay i i, I said i i have nothing against the chiefs other than the fact i go back to they were so i'm i'm a i'm a steelers fan that hard steelers fan i we, we we were supposed to be the ones to get Mahomes, and then Andy Reid said, no, we're going to jump them in the draft, take a generational quarterback, and just dash the hopes of Pittsburgh fans to go from Big Ben <laughs> to Mahomes, and we've been in this in this wilderness of, of uh, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and it's, you look at Kansas City, and it's like, oh, that could have been us, so I it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's tough when you uh have a you pass up on a guy and you can't get a guy like Patrick Mahomes with him literally just being a generational quarterback that you know might be able to be in the conversation with Tom Brady for the best quarterback to ever play the game really so yeah that's tough uh okay let's see that would just always you say he's your your favorite quarterback then um I'd say at the moment, yes, but uh, growing up, it was definitely – I was a Aaron Rodgers fan. I always wanted to be able to throw the ball like Aaron Rodgers, make the, the off-platform throws, and he just, you know, had that, that swagger to him the, and just, t- just tough. I mean, playing in Green Bay, playing in Lambeau, um, you just, you know, have a history of great quarterbacks there. And um, him just being able to throw the ball so effortlessly, uh, I just loved watching how he played the game and uh, kind of wanted me, myself, to be as an Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback. Um, what well, well, I mean, I felt like you had the moments like that, right? I, mean, I think the uh, touchdown pass you had in Pitt State to Delso, uh, I mean, that, that was very um, – what, what do they call it? Off, off, off kilter plays, right? I'm sitting there like, okay, where is he going with this? Where is he going with this? And then I just you throw a dart in the back of the end, and I was like, that's where he went with it. So, <laughs> so, so right, that's not, it's not just like not giving yourself any kind of credit there now. I mean, <laughs> there were some times now. Um, let's see, okay, so now you're also a hooper. So who's, do you have a favorite basketball team? Um, definitely, uh, I was a Golden State. Uh, kid, just because I mean, I loved uh, how Steph Curry could shoot the ball. I loved Clay Thompson. That's kind of who I uh, modeled myself after playing basketball, just because I knew I wasn't be wasn't able to dribble like Steph Curry, but I knew I could run around and shoot the three like Clay Thompson. So uh, watching those two get after it and uh, really just be the, really probably the greatest shoot, shooting duo of all time. Uh, that's why my team was Golden State for sure. 
Now, now, thankfully for you, because you, you know the Warriors aren't necessarily fan favorites in the state, but there's a, there's a few other Warrior fans on the roster. I mean, yeah, on on your on your team. It's been a tough year for them, you know this 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 season. You think they can turn it around though and make a run? Nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I, I think. Um, I mean, I love love old Steph Curry, but. Uh, he needs he needs a little bit more help right now, um, but yeah, I don't think that they'll they'll do too much. They might sneak their way into the playoffs or something, but uh, I don't see them doing anything too special this year. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Then they gotta they gotta retool that roster at at, at some point. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see your your favorite hobby outside of football. Um. I'm definitely a, a big car guy. Uh, I love cars. Uh, just kind of, um, I love going to car shows and stuff like that. But I also another kind of sport related one is golf. Uh, I kind of got into golf with uh, some of my teammates at Southern and um, ended up getting to know some of the guys down here. And last last uh, summer, playing some golf with some of them to kind of build a bond with them. So that was, that was definitely a fun little moment and a little hobby that I like to do. Okay. Okay. Now, now as a fellow car guy, I guess what do you have? A, do you have a favorite car? Uh, I would probably say the old uh, split back Corvette. Uh, I'm trying to think what year that was exactly. Uh, I know it was a sixties model. But that's probably one of my favorite cars of all time. Uh, my uncle had a 60 or uh, no, uh, 82 Corvette that I was trying to convince him to buy off of him for so long. And uh, nice little, little T-top and all. He let me drive it a couple of times. And I was like, man, I just have to have this. And uh, my dad was not going for it. <laughs> He was. He he said that you uh you don't need that type of uh, a car and uh, you would want the the trunk space, um, and not want to be riding around all of college with a two seater. So, listen, I I, I feel your pain because I I was going to get originally it was, it was it was my uncle's too his seventy two Malibu and then that was next and I was like oh come on man how are you like I like, I I get it from a past standpoint. Okay, maybe you don't want your kid in a vehicle that fast. But, like, come on. I mean, just, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have loved to have it, but uh, I can definitely understand where my, my dad was coming from. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just tough in the moment. <laughs> it's tough in the moment. Um, now, you mentioned that, that golf outing you had with some of your teammates. I'm curious, who ended up winning that, that, that golf outing? Um, well, uh, we're all pretty bad, of course, you know, golf, golf's, uh, a sport that takes forever to master. And, um, I can usually play a good front nine and then the back nine is just absolutely terrible. Uh, but, uh, there's, uh, there's some decent little players on the team. I will say, uh, we kind of more just play for fun and, uh, get out there just to spend some quality time with each other on the course. Okay. Okay. That's a good thing. 
Um, let's see, you um, you play video games at all? Uh, not too much, but uh, I will every once in a while. Uh, I've been playing the, the the last game I actually played was the the High on Life, uh, little uh, Rick and Morty type of game, and then I also, of course, you know, play the good old uh, Modern Warfare and all the Call of Duties and stuff like that. So, now. Are we we Xbox, PlayStation, or PC? Uh, PlayStation, of course. Then uh, I've had had a PlayStation. I had the PlayStation Two. Um, then the PlayStation Three got me really uh, through high school and into my first couple of years at college. And then now we uh, finally upgraded to the PlayStation Five. And so uh, I won't ever go away from PlayStation. Uh, so. Damn, that's tough. I think now there's only maybe three guys so far that I know that are still Xbox guys outside yeah. of Coach Curley and Coach Doral. So uh, that's that's tough. <laughs> that's just tough. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, your your favorite musical artist. Ooh, um, that's a tough one. I, I definitely like a, a lot of different styles of music, um, but probably. Uh, this last year, I think my most listened to artist was uh, Tory Lanez. Okay. So okay. not one that everybody kind of listens to, but uh, I, I really like him just because the different styles he brings to to music and a lot of his uh, albums are all just different from each other. Okay. Okay. I, I appreciate it not being NBA young boy or <laughs> one of the babies, but every time I ask this question, it's one of those three. And it's just like, you gosh, I know there's more artists out there. <laughs> so I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I listen to them, but definitely uh, not not my top, top listen to artists. Uh, okay. You see, you have a favorite, a favorite, favorite song by him? Um. There's a lot. Uh, I really like the his uh, Alone at Prom album. That's probably my uh, favorite. I can listen to almost every song on that album. So really, that whole album's just uh, a repeat album for me. Yeah, okay. Now, I ask this every time because I know the Ox Court in the locker room is not a place for the, for the week. Now, I have to ask, have you been one of the brave souls to put something on the ox, and if you have, has your phone been yanked off of said ox? Uh, I mean, I've played a few songs here and there on the ox. Um, uh, we've definitely, you know, heard "Take It Off the Ox" before. Um, but uh, in the locker room, we uh, kind of play a little bit of everything, which I I do like. Just um, so we're not just listening to straight headbangers or straight young boy or straight country or anything like that. We just kind of mix it up. So I do, do enjoy that. Okay. Okay. So who, so who in your opinion is the best on the Ox? Um, I, I might have to give it to Andrew Carney. Um, he really, he, he kind of plays it all. So we'll, th- we'll throw it back some days with him. We'll get the country vibes going. We'll get the boosie going. We'll, I mean, we'll, we'll play a little bit of everything. Okay, now who in your opinion is the worst? 
Ooh. I don't know. Um, we'll give it to uh, old old Lamb. Uh, he, uh, I mean, he's he's not terrible all the time, but there's some choices you're just like, ah, I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say. I feel like the past three guys I've talked to, I know J.K. said it. Then Terrell said it. <laughs> <laughs> they all point the lamb, and I'm just like that poor man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, let's see. Well, okay, okay. Um, it's funny you say that because your tackle Noah, when he came on, it's a few years ago now. He informed me that he, for some unknown reason, put on a Justin Bieber song one time. And then was surprised the phone got yanked. When I told him, I don't know what you thought was going to happen. Yeah. You, like, there's a time and place. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, since I've been here, he has not been on his uh, little Bieber fever. So there hasn't been uh, any Justin Bieber played by him in the locker room. Okay, good. I, I'm, I'm glad he... <laughs> I'm glad he, he learned that learned by that lesson there. Cause that, that's it. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Okay, um, your favorite food? My favorite food, uh, definitely Mexican food. Probably, uh, I like a little little spice. Uh, I'll eat almost anything, though. I'm not a picky eater at all. So, okay, now, now are we we a soft shell taco guy or a hard shell taco guy? Um, I'll eat both for sure, but uh, I definitely like my soft shells. Mm, okay. 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 Um, let's see. Now, in terms of your gear, I, you, I know you have a towel and you have the quarterback wristband, but like, are, are you, you heavy into gears like some of your teammates like Mosley and maybe Del? So, or are you more of like, just give me the bare necessities and let me go out there and play football? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not much of a, a gear guy, but I definitely do like to, you know, have my compressions on just so uh, I don't get too crazy of turf burns and stuff like that. But, I mean, good old compressions, and I'll throw an arm sleeve on there. Uh, other than that, I mean, just put me out there and play. Okay, okay. Now, who would you say pro- pro- probably is the best-dressed guy on the team in terms of gear? Um, I'll probably give it to Delso. He, uh, he'll, he'll put it on. I'll give it to him. I like to make. I like to mess with him, okay. telling him that he has uh, no style. But I'll give it to him. I'll give it to Delso probably. <laughs> okay, that that is funny. Okay, now speaking of Delso, because I brought this up to uh, to real. Now, in my opinion, you should have had a six touchdown against Lincoln because you delivered a pass to this man in stride. All right, he had nothing but green turf. I'm like, oh, here we go. Now, he came on here and told me he's going to get faster. I was like, this is his chance to show up in front of the world right here. And it gets caught from behind. Now, he tried to explain to me that it was he was tired because he had blocked somebody or something or another. Now, <laughs> I got to ask now, because, you know, I mean, hey, that's not a touchdown. You could have had six touchdowns in that game, and he only had five. That, like, did, what, did he get flack for that? Because I, mean, I felt like he could have at least have gotten Further down the field, I don't know if he even got to the fifty-yard line. 
Yeah, um, I mean, we all we all like uh, giving the receivers hard time, especially uh, I'd say Delso and TD. Uh, I'm definitely closer with, so I definitely get to talk a little bit more to them and uh, get a bash on them. But of, of course, that it goes both ways, and uh, they uh, have many clips that they can pull up of me missing them, and so it, it's it's just an ongoing little battle. We all. We all like to keep going, so it's it's fun. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I brought that up to him, he, he tried to try to steer a deflection away and say, "Well, we know there was a few throws that was missed." Okay, that's fine, but we're talking about why you did not run this down the <laughs> field. Well, I, I guess we'll just uh, give it to him, saying that he was probably tired from blocking somebody. But uh, TD tells me he never gets tired, so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe there's another reason. Maybe he just doesn't have that top speed anymore. Well, see, now, I because when I talked to Terrell, he said he's taking Jacob with him to speed training now. So hopefully if that opportunity arises again this season and you throw a dart to him in stride and there's green turf ahead, we get further down the, down the field there because I, I, I was like, bro, come on. I mean, wh- like, you come on. You say, I'm going to get back to how I was at Dakota, and I was a legit burner. I said, fantastic. That was his chance. It, it, dry conditions. They had nothing but green turf, not a soul in sight. And then we, I, I, so, okay. All right. I, I want your take as the man that threw the pass, thinking that probably should have been a touchdown. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, we 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 like to to play that and uh, say if we would have thrown it to Oscar, Oscar probably would have scored. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, okay, well, I guess my oh, do you have any pregame routines that you normally do? Um, not really anything too crazy. I mean, I like to listen to my music and kind of get locked in and kind of go over the first 20 plays that we have scripted and just go through my process in my head and just really be ready to try to start off the game fast. So, Okay. Um, I guess my, my final question for you is, is what, what can UCL fans expect to see out of Dawson Hurl this upcoming season? Um, I, I like to – hopefully bring uh, a lot more explosive offense to uh, to UCO fans uh, with it being my second year. Uh, we, we really want to be able to put up some points and be a, be an offense that's kind of feared throughout the league. So uh, that's one thing that we've just uh, been consistently working on with the receivers and getting down our timing right now and putting in the work, getting catches in and all that. So uh, Definitely expect a, a better offense this year from the Broncos. Okay. Well, Dawson, I, I appreciate you taking time this afternoon to come on and talk to me. Um, I'm wishing you the best of luck uh, the rest of the offseason. I know spring will be here before you before you, before you know it. Um, and, you know, if you ever want to come on, you're, you're more than welcome to. All right. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Dawson. All right. See ya. So again, I want to thank Dawson for taking the time to come on and talk to me there. Um, that was a really, that was a really good uh, interview there. I think we learned a lot about who probably end up being QB one. Um, 
I'm I'm liking the mindset that that we that he has there. He, he took ownership of the turnovers. Um, he's he's been touched on now working getting getting timing down. Uh, I I'm really thinking it may be the most important thing he said was what was that the mindset of the team is good heading into spring, which which is. Because I feel like again last year, it just I it just wasn't it, right? I think it just wasn't it for a variety of reasons that we touched on before. So to have the mindset for the guys that are there, the they went to touch number four, guys like Dawson and 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 Jacob and Madison and Mosley and Connor and Noah and and Noah and those guys that like this is it for them. Um, that hopefully that sense of urgency returns into really wanting to end on a good note um and and so i'm kind of i'm liking what i'm what i'm hearing here um i, I didn't know dawson's journey was 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 that uh, so um I, I i know i've been trying to bring him on for a hot minute so i was glad we were able to get that done i do appreciate dawson um coming coming to me on like i said we should be back though Probably on Thursday. I'll probably wait to post the other one on Thursday um, because it's signing day and I might be able to give some cursory thoughts uh, on signing day. So I'll put the other one Thursday. It is, I think it's be, this will be a first for us um, uh, that you'll be hearing on Thursday. So I can't wait to bring that to you. So uh, again, signing day episode will be next Monday, the 12th. Um, it should be out Monday morning for your morning commute. And then the one with the highlights, again, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on the YouTube channel. The link is below. Go ahead and subscribe to that now if you haven't. Um, so until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.